to the Stanley Street Social presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and MAP have just released their new Ascender Pro rain jacket, the most technologically advanced waterproof jacket to date. It's 100% waterproof, 100% windproof, breathes dynamically. And if you do want to pick up yourself a new high quality rain jacket, you can find that over at map.cc as per all their kit designed here in Melbourne, produced, manufactured in Italy. Uh, you will be thanking yourself when it is bucketing down with rain and you've got something that doesn't sweat, that's windproof to uh, keep yourself dry. On today's podcast, Caleb Ewan joins Campbell Flake and myself to discuss all the news from rest day two of the Tour de France. We run through his stage victory. Uh, we touch on Peter Sagan being disqualified in that stage, what his thoughts are on that. Uh, sp- a little bit around sprinting in general and the highs and lows of the Tour, the suffering through the mountains, uh, some of those tough days where he was out the hoop early, but uh, with his teammates' support, managed to make it through the stage. And we also use some visuals. So if you do want to check out, there's uh, stage, it's stage 10 and stage 11 we're talking about. We will have that on the YouTube too if you want to look at uh, the stage play-by-play with visuals. And if you do want to join our Tour de France conversations, Campbell and myself have been catching up each day at 5pm on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter Live. So you can interact, you can make comments, you can uh, join the conversation or you can pick up the conversation afterwards as a a post in a video format after the discussion. Uh, so if you do want to pick them up, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, uh, and we'll be coming to you daily for the rest of the tour at 5 p.m. Hope you enjoy this chat with Caleb. I think he's uh, he gives a good, honest insight as to what it's like at the moment there, how he's feeling, how tough the stages have actually been, um, and always he's articulate, honest, uh, and provides a genuine insight as to what it's like to be at the tour. Welcome back to the podcast, Caleb Ewan, stage two rest day, checking in for the the week, almost week that's been since we caught up last. Yeah. You, we, had, we had a pretty rip, a grippy run into the last rest day. It hasn't been yeah. any easier this time. Yeah. Hey, hey you trucking? Well, if I said I was tired last rest day, then absolutely on my hands and knees now. I'm pretty tired, not going to lie. I'm actually very, very, very tired. Mm. What's, what's, been the worst, what's been the worst day since we last linked up? Oh, worst day. Two days ago, I think, was probably the worst. When Bora decided to go full gas on the climb, then I got dropped by myself. Um, teammates had to wait for me. Then they had to do like a team time trial for a hundred Ks to make sure I was still in time. That was a pretty bad day. And then yesterday as well, I was on the flat. Like this is a hundred Ks on the flat or kind of flat. I was pretty yeah, I was pretty flat before the climbs. And they were attacking full gas and I was like just hanging on the wheels. So yeah, last few days have been pretty hard. So you were first hooped on the day that Bora lit it up on the cat too? Out of the holes? Um, well, I wasn't first dropped, but then I tried to hang in too long and then mm. I blew 
and then the first people drop came past me and then I was really going slow. Um, but it wasn't ideal. How does it work well, yeah. like when you're like when you're at the back and you get dropped super early? Mm. Do you do you have a, do you still have a team car with you or is there just like sag wagon? Uh no no, I always have team car with me. Always have team uh, car, yeah. Yeah, always have team car with me. Is that because you're Caleb Ewan or because you're at the hoop? No, usually they're always if you're if your first rider dropped or like first rider of the team dropped, then there's always usually a car with you. Because there's two cars in the race. So one will stay yeah. with the bunch, then one will usually stay with the dropped rider. So yeah. I usually always have car with me. Um, because yeah, you still like when I got dropped a few days ago, I was dropped with I think 150k to go still. So you obviously still need like biddens and food and mm. yeah, all, all your wow. stuff. So then yeah, car has to stay with you. Um, but yeah, oh, hard mentally when you drop that far to go, and it's happened a few times now. Yeah, I mean it's incredible. What uh, like with the the time cut? Who's is there? You got information coming from the car? Like, are they in the back, like crunching numbers, or are you boys just riding as hard as you can? Like, yeah, you... so there's always like points in the course where they're like, all right, yeah, ten minutes behind, eleven minutes behind, twelve minutes behind, and then you know, usually from the from the start, um, you know, if the average speed is forty k now, for example, like it'll be, yeah, depends what the, depends what the stage is, but it'll be like ten percent, twelve percent, fifteen percent um of the winning time but yeah day like that because it's not like a proper mountain stage the time cuts are not like really really big but because it was quite a long stage the time cut ended up being all right but um if i was by myself then yeah probably wouldn't make it but definitely wouldn't make it so yeah that's when they have to call back my teammates to come help me Hey? There, was, there was that sweet photo of you, like hands over your shoulders, your teammates as they just just dragged you to the finish line. Um, yeah. Was to the boys in the bunch, and it just comes over the radio. Caleb's dropped. Get back there. Start chopping turns. Yeah, pretty much. I I just rode. They as soon as I was getting dropped, they wanted to wait for me. I said no, just keep going. Um, because yeah, I was like struggling to push any power, it's 150k to go still, I think. But then, yeah, I got kind of into a rhythm of still not pushing that much power. I was like 10 minutes behind on top, and then after the top, because I mean, there's not much they can do for me on the climb, like, I can just go as fast as I can go. If I'm in the wheel, it doesn't mean I can go any faster, like, if I can only push you know, 250 watts or 300 watts doesn't matter if the, you know if they ride faster like not really getting a slipstream so it's better that I just ride up the climb my own tempo and then after the top then they tell the guys to wait for me and then uh, yeah obviously through the valleys and like downhills and stuff and on the flat parts then they can really help me mm. that's um that's five minutes of doom and gloom Albie let's talk about yeah in other news, ten and stage eleven when he was in the front. In other news, you've bagged a stage win and picked up second since we last discussed. And you were talking about uh, first rest day. You're like, oh, I picked up one stage. Like, that's a huge tick. That's a huge pressure off the shoulders. 
they've mm. picked up two. Um, we might run through stage 10 first, second to Sam Bennett on the final. Got a little bit of footage here. Look out. Look out. Uh, this day was windy. Yeah. But ended ended up all coming back together. Was was there lots of nervous energy out of the holes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was so nervous all day. Um, and we just rode so fast all day, like all the teams next to each other. And then like after the first crosswind section, I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Sit at the front. So then I just sat at the back. Um, and then luckily nothing happened. And I reckon like literally two minutes before it split again, like right at the end, I just got back to the front. Um, because it didn't all come back together. I think there was only maybe half the bunch in the end. And then I think the other half had dropped. Um, but yeah, it was super nervous all day and lots of crashes and things like that. The final, we don't, I don't have the full footage of the final here, but it looks like there was a fair bit of boxing on for uh, Bennett's wheel. As per a lot of the other stages, some would have a, had a real crisp lead out um, with Bennett on their wheel. And then there was, looks like there was a lot of boxing on between you, Sagan and Viviani for Bennett's wheel. Uh, yeah, like I had lost my lead out man to mechanical before the crossing, so he never made the split. So I knew right, I'm going to have to uh, yeah, kind of surf the bunch myself in the end. But yeah, I ended up getting Bennett's wheel, and probably you know you always use a little bit, little bit of energy trying to box on for a wheel. But uh, yeah, I got there in the end, and I was on the wheel that I wanted to be on. Um, but I think. Looking back, it probably would have been better to be a few wheels further behind. So then I would have panicked a bit and gone earlier. Whereas I was too <laughs> comfortable where I was. Mm. I was just like, perfect. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to start the sprint and I'll be able to come around him. Um, but yeah, they did it so well that when you see here, Bennett goes, Morkoff comes back through the line. And I can only start sprinting once I've cleared Morkoff. By the time mm. I cleared Morkoff, there's only like, 70 meters to go or something and for me to come around a guy like sam probably need yeah at least a bit over 100 meters to start coming around him because it's not like i'm coming around him super quick when we're drag racing like that you're like making up kind of second like a few centimeters you know at a time so yeah in the end i just left it way too late and i was so annoyed with myself because i knew that's how Quick step, do their lead outs. And I know Morkoff does that all the time. And he used to do it with Viviani as well. So that's annoyed. actually a really good, really good point. I've never actually thought about that. Like, if you're a lead out man, you just make sure your sprinter's sprinting on the fence and you just sprint on the left. There's nothing really that the guys behind you can do unless they're coming from like where, where Sargon is now. But if you're like just behind the sprinter, there's not really much you can do yeah. until you that gap have- opens up there. Yeah, mm. and then it was too late. I was coming at him, but then I just, in the end, I just ran out of room. So at um, – can you rewind the tape, Albie? You, you only get like 50 metres of clean air, really. Yeah. So, and at this point here, is there a little bit of – Is do you have to hold to touch? What do you mean? Do you have to back off the pace a little bit off the gas? Or is it a quick run not through? Really, you just run out of time. Really, like I prefer – 
I'd prefer to run at his wheel and come at him with a bit more speed. But to be honest, like all my sprint tactics just went out the window for some reason that I wasn't thinking properly. And I, I was just sitting in like such a good position that I was just way too relaxed. And then, uh, and then, yeah, in the end, it all happened too quickly. And then, yeah. It was so that's, just, that's, like, that's like a planned move you're saying from, from quick step, like with, especially with Moku, like he, he knows what he's doing there. They plan for that. Yeah. See, he swings out, then comes back in the line and kind of boxes me in. Mm. And then by the time I can actually clear him, it's uh, too late. He's also sprinting so late in the piece. Yeah, I mean, Sam only had to sprint for 100 metres, so. Yeah. Um, right, they, they did a, a super, super good job. And... Do you boys sprint much together when you're training? Like, just in, like just have drag races? Sometimes, like when there's just like a random line on the road, we'll sprint for it. Um, but yeah, and then like, so you guys are like out training, and you're sprinting for like road signs. Yeah, and then you guys are sprinting for stages in the Tour de France. When you cross the line, are you guys just looking at each other like, like we're just in the Tour de France, bro, <laughs> just going like head to head. It is. is it is strange. Cool, like with your buddy. Yeah, it is. It is strange. It's a really hard one because you know, like I obviously want to really win stages he obviously wants to really win stages and uh in the end like these are the the moments that are like making our career and when you lose you're so disappointed because yeah obviously you you always want to win um but yeah it's i mean if i'm going to be beaten by someone it's nice to be beaten by him but in the end i don't want to be beaten by anyone whether it's a friend or not um so it's hard like in the end, like he's my my biggest rival at this tour, as far as like a pure sprinter goes, and uh, yeah, it's always hard when it's a good friend of yours and also yeah your biggest rival. It's easier when you, you don't like the guy. Well, stage eleven, a very topical stage in the cycling world, a very eventful stage, but. We'll just we'll just yeah. run this tape here. Well, or do, or do you want to talk us through this tape first? So same deal as the stage you won. Uh, same deal. Like we, there was a few points before in the last ten k's that we were like, all right, we need to be at the front. But down to five guys, including myself. So that's four guys to help. One guy's riding. So I got three guys to help me. And in the tour, yeah, you have to be at the front quite early on, so it's not not many guys. So we're like, all right, I can find my way generally in the final. So I need you guys to put me in good position in these important points. And the first important point was the the downhill section with 10k to go because we knew it was going to be narrow and like yeah, it goes from like wide to narrow. So we knew it was always going to be nervous, especially 10k to go in the in the stage. So we were really good in front then, um, Roger. Or Frederick first put us there, then Roger continued from there basically to maybe like almost three Ks ago. Then we put under pressure again by Quick Step and Bora because they attacked. Um, but Roger did a really good job, kept them kind of close, and then we knew there was a climb coming from three to two Ks ago. Um, then Jasper took me up that basically in, yeah, the right at the front of the bunch. I was never, never in trouble there because at a point like that, you you really don't want to move up on the climb because they're already going full gas. And if you move up on the climb, then you use so much energy that in the end, you probably won't be able to sprint or do it like a, a really good sprint. So 
I wanted to be good, like really good in front then. I was there and then we're coming into a kilometre to go. Jasper had already been on the front for a few K up the climb as well. So I knew he was going to be done. Um, then I had to drop back into the bunch and into a whole bunch of mess because it was headwind downhill. Then we had like the slight ramp uphill. Um, so yeah, I was again in a position where I was panicking a bit because I wasn't really in a winning position until to be honest, I wasn't really in a winning position most of the time, but I just had to wait. Yeah. Like even now, I think I don't even know how far this is to go, but it's maybe 200 or 250. I'm not even in the, in the picture yet. And not that it's not even like, I'm not even in the picture. Like I'm absolutely boxed in, in every, everywhere from the front. I can't go to the front. I can't go to the side. On the left, I can't go to the side. On the right, so I'm just like, yeah, I've got nowhere to go. So I just have to sit there. But I knew, like, I right, sit here, see what happens. There's nothing I can do from here. I need to hope that the gap opens up. And in the end, in the last few hundred meters, always like thins out a little bit. So I just had to be patient and wait for, yeah, wait for yeah the gap to open. And once it opened, then I really accelerated out of it and. Yeah, in the end, I just got there. Have you learnt that in the sense of you get to a position where it's like, all right, I'm boxed in here. There's nothing I can do about it. All I can do is just wait and hope things come together, hope that a kind of path forms? Yeah, in, in a scenario like this, you have to just, like, in the same as the first age of one, you just have to hope the gaps open for you. And uh, in the end, they always open somewhere. But I mean, not always, but they, they generally open somewhere. And uh, I think the, the worst thing you can do is panic and then accelerate into a gap that's not there because you end up just propping yourself and putting on your brakes. And then once you put on your brakes in the last few hundred meters, then it's all over. So you just have to sit there, give yourself some space, and then wait for the, wait for the gap to open. And then once it's open, then if you haven't had to accelerate beforehand, you, you should be still good to, yeah, to do a good sprint. So um, luckily that, that like this day here that, you know, it opened probably, if it opened a second too late, then I wouldn't have got there. So it was really, it opened right at the the last moment that it could for me to win. Or what you can do is you can go for a gap that isn't there and get relegated. <laughs> let's roll, let's roll the tape. They're not even in picture here. Here we Van go. Van Art's been sprinting for 500 meters. Van Art. So here, I wanted to start, and it would have been. I think if I started here, I would have won by much more than just a tire width. But I get propped here because Boris drifting back into the line. Um, so I have to stop sprinting, and then I had to start again. So it's already slight uphill, so it wasn't a super fast sprint, and I was in 54.11. And I had to try to accelerate that gear again. So that was quite hard. But I think if I could start sprinting here where I wanted to, then I could have won a bit more convincingly than I did. I'm sure you've seen the photo, the four of you guys sprinting. That's got to be yeah. one of the coolest photos of a sprint I've seen for for several years. Yeah. Well, it's, I think as like spectators, to watch, it's much more exciting than you know the years of perfect lead outs and the guy winning by ten bike lengths. 
Yeah. Fire sprinting, this is what you want to see. You want to see some yeah, pushing and shoving and you want to see close sprints and you want it to come down to the line. You don't want it just to be a guy winning by 10 metres. And I think now sprinting is quite exciting because we have lots of good sprinters and lots of really good guys on kind of, I guess, the same level. We were talking in the pod, well, the one after this stage, and there was a lot, obviously a lot of discussion around the the Sargon incident. Um, what to what degree can you like discuss it? Like as a sprinter, what he did. If you were Van Art, would you be like, would you be super upset? Would you be like, this guy has to be disqualified? And like, you know, I'm sure there's been times where you have had to do something like that. What does this mean for sprinting? going forward this sort of incident being in in the headlines um yeah i mean like they both can handle a push that's for sure mm. like i don't maybe if sagan did that to um egan burnell he would maybe fall <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's it does look bad i probably it probably doesn't it probably wasn't as bad as, as it looked um but in the end it's like Sargon should have been able to get through that gap um you got through that gap hey you got through a very similar gap in the first yeah, week you should have got through it but <laughs> he just like panicked and then decided that it wasn't big enough and then he decided to push but you know if he just if he just got himself clean even if he propped a little bit just to get through it and kept sprinting he probably would have won the stage yeah. So not only did he get disqualified, but he cost himself the stage doing it. Um, but that's the rider. He, he's quite, a, he's really an aggressive rider. Um, he gets away with a lot already. So um, yeah, he, he gets away with a lot because of who he is. No one really complains about him. No one, yeah, so yeah. But it, as a sprinter, are you, are you happy to see that sort of behavior rubbed out completely? Like, Going forward, any sort of contact disqualified, like as a sprinter, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, probably like a big push like that in the last hundred meters. Yeah, I mean, we're always there's in the last few kilometers, always going to be fighting for wheels and pushing mm. and shoving, and that's just part of sprinting. And I think if you aren't allowed to fight for a wheel, then there's always like a line. Obviously, you can't make someone crash, or but you know when too much is too much um so yeah in the end uh, something like that's always going to get dq'd or relegated um you're like front and center of picture and you're bloody fully leaning and pushing a guy then obviously you're going to get relegated um so yeah i mean i think people I think people want to see it. They want to see some pushing and shoving and they just don't want to see guys lined up and drag racing. You know, you want it, it's more exciting to watch. But yeah, in the end, it, it can be dangerous. I think most guys can handle it, but yeah, it can be dangerous. Is it hard to make a call when you're doing 70 odd clicks an hour and you're running down a barrier? There's a barrier to your left, right, or to your right, whether you can hit that gap? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you never, you, you, the thing is you can always, you always have to, even just riding the bunch, you're always anticipating what the guy in front of you is going to do. 
but in the end, you don't know what he's going to do. Like you can anticipate that he's going to stay in his line and you can kind of tell the movements that they're doing, but you don't know, like if you're coming down the barrier, you're like, all right, when I start coming down the barrier, there's enough room, but you don't know if that guy's just going to turn right on you. Like when we saw Greenway and Jakobsen, when Jakobsen started coming around him, there's plenty of room, but you don't know if he's going to take you all the way to the barrier. Um, and that's where the risk is because at the end of the day, you don't know what another guy's thinking. You can only do what you think he's going to do. And that's why it's always a bit scary going down the barrier because, you know, it's only 20 centimetres of him moving towards the barrier and you're over the barrier. And uh, I guess that's like the the scary part of, of sprinting, especially sprinting down the barriers. Is he do something? Remember, do you guys remember actually under 23 Tour of Flanders, Grunewagen yeah. put him into the barrier? Is that Grunewagen? Yeah. I, I remember you going down the barriers and going, like, just getting squeezed and it was all over. And I, I remember I, I referenced that point a fair bit. It's like that's that's the that piece that all sprinters seem to have that little mentality of like, well, there's a gap there. If I don't hit it, I can't win. So why wouldn't I hit it? Yeah. Why wouldn't I try and go through it? At the end, was, in the sprint, all you're thinking about is doing what you need to do to win. So if there's a gap there, then you're going to take it. You're not thinking about the consequences of if, like everything happens so quickly, so you're not thinking about, all right, maybe if I go through this gap, he's going to close it, then I might crash. By the time you think all that, the race is over. So it's an instinct straight away. You see the gap, you go for it. And, taking uh, a bit of a taking a bit of a dark turn uh, on this discussion, the incident of Jakobsen, like, is that like, do you think about that, like, as, as a sprinter? Now, like, it happened a couple of weeks ago. Is it like, is it fresh in your mind, or like, w- like you were talking about just now, when you're racing, you're just in the moment, and everything's just happening so quick, you don't have time to think about that sort of sort of stuff. Yeah, if I was thinking about that, I wouldn't have hit the, the gap down the barrier at seventy k an hour the other day. So. Yeah, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, again, like, like, I mean, you don't. You're not thinking about anything. You're thinking about winning. That's it. You're not thinking about consequences of your actions. Like Sagan, he wasn't thinking about the consequences of if he pushed um, Van Aert. All he was thinking about was what do I need to do to win? And he said he must have thought to himself, oh, I need to make a gap. That's what he did. He made his gap. He almost won. But he's not thinking about, oh, if I do this, some might get relegated. Like, you're not thinking like that. Like, people love to go back and, like, what we did then and break down the sprint over a few minutes. But all that stuff is happening in, like, milliseconds. It's easy to go back and look at a sprint a hundred times and the overhead view of it and this view and that view. But all we can see is, like, just what's in front of us. And it's so – sprint is one of the things that's so easy to critique and, like, he should have done this or he should have done that. Or, look, he should have gone to that gap on the left or the right. But at the time, like, you can't see anything. You're just seeing, like, yeah, your vision. So it's, like, it's so easy for, yeah, like, DSs or anyone or people on Twitter to, to critique a sprint when they're looking at it from an overhead going in slow motion. But everything's happening so quick and – yeah, you're not thinking about consequences of of yeah, your actions. And it's the same with Grunewig, and he wasn't thinking about yeah, I mean he wasn't thinking about making anyone crash. He was just thinking about trying to win the stage. 
and that's just what, yeah. Well, I mean, we're all here to, to win, and that's all we're thinking about. It's a really good point. Just uh, just to backtrack a little bit, um, when Grunewagen put you into the fence, uh, was the incident when Davide Vieira grabbed you by the helmet and threw you into the wall before or, or after that? Um, it was post. It was the year after. Before. That was before that. <laughs> and then when I got taken out by that guy that got bloody done for doping, what's his name? Remember that? When I got taken out in the wet sprint, I'm flying into the barriers. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Where was it? 360. Uh, it was a. Um, How could you forget that one? Campbell? It was like a. It was like a street circuit. Obviously, it was, they were all street circuits, but it was like a flat street circuit. Porto. Filthy. Yeah, Porto. You were Porto. the friend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I got like, that. I was like helicoptering down there. Yeah. <laughs> into the barriers. Ragdoll. Mm. Not for everyone, not for the faint-hearted, that's for sure. Hats off to you, Caleb. Thanks, mate. See, after you've bagged your second win, do you do you take confidence and energy that all right, I'm just gonna dog my way through these mountain mountain stages and clean up in Paris? Um not really, like I just Because it's at a tough end, run. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, it's like if if your body allows you to get through, you'll get through. If your body doesn't allow you to get through, you can't get through. There's nothing you can do. There's, there's sometimes a point where your body is just like, will just not shut down, but like it will be like, no, this is it. And doesn't matter how mentally strong you are. It doesn't matter how much you want to get to the end. It's just you just can't do it anymore. And uh, just hoping that I don't have one of those days. I've already had a few of them, but luckily, with the the courses, the days that I have felt like that, I've been able to get through. Can't you know? I've been able to get through with the help of my teammates and things. But you know, if I had. If I had a day like I had two days ago in a day where it's going to be cat ones from the start, then I know for sure like there's no way I can get through because it's just too hard. Like I just, my body just won't be able to do it. And I think with the lack of racing coming into the tour, it's something that I really felt that I missed is just kind of like the, the kind of resilience for like climbing. Is it, like I train for sprinting, so I don't train for one hour at threshold on the climb to stay with a bunch or stay with the group hello. Like my goal coming into this tour was to, my goal was not to get through the tour. My goal was to win stages and that's what I trained for. And uh, yeah, in the end it might cost me because I might not get through the tour. But yeah, in the end, like I can, I can be happy with what I've, what I've achieved so far, but I will definitely be super disappointed if I can't get to Paris. Um, but yeah, I'm not feeling, if I compare myself to last year, I'm not feeling as good in the mountains. Last year, I really felt like I was getting better and better. Whereas this year, I feel like I'm kind of getting worse and worse. And I'm hoping after this rest day, I will feel better again. But yeah, at the moment, I'm, I'm struggling a fair bit. So I hope 
yeah, I hope things turn around for me. It was like, you know, last year I had the Giro in my legs. I had other racing in my legs. So I just had kind of like that general strength, whereas this year I just don't have it because we had four or five months off racing and I had to train for something. And obviously I was going to train for sprinting, not to, to get through a, through a race. So yeah, in the end, I hope I can get there and try to win on Paris. Oh yeah. Win on the Champs-Élysées again, but um, yeah, it's going to be definitely a, a big challenge. What's uh, what's the go in the peloton? What's the talk of the town? Like what are people talking about? Like how strong Jumbo are, how good this car kit is like, Richie's coming up. Like, what? Are, what's what's the talk for the GC? Like, do you guys chat amongst yourselves about that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, I can't believe how strong Bernard is. <laughs> <laughs> it's redonk, bro. He was dropping Bernal last night. Yeah, it's uh, he's so strong. It's just crazy. Um, it's what we open every podcast discussion with. Uh, Think to myself, like, how am I supposed to compete against something like that? Guys dropping burnout and like I'm just beating in a sprint. Um, makes you feel pretty pretty useless to be honest. But anyway. Um you been talking to Richie much? Like what's where's he at? Because we're starting to get pretty excited here, like on, yeah, he on Richie like he doing can, a podium. He seems uh, relaxed and I saw him briefly at the start yesterday when we when they were attacking, like when the breakaway is trying to go, and we chatted briefly. But yeah, he seems uh, he seems quite relaxed and he looks good. So I think if he had a, a whole team that's supporting him, then we would see him already in podium spots if he didn't lose time in uh, in the crosswind sections. You know, if he had um, what's his name. Jasper, Jasper, what's his last name? Stoyven. 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 Like, guy like that can, like, is so good in the crosswinds. Like, why isn't he helping Richie stay in time? But he just wants to get fifth himself in the stage. So, <laughs> to get fifth himself in the stage, he might have cost his GC leader uh, a, a podium in the Tour de France, you know. So, like, mm. if he had a whole team supporting him 100%, I think we would definitely see him on the podium. Um yeah, they're too busy sprinting for 10th place instead of helping that GC rider. Clip. Um, <laughs> he's got Mads um, Pedersen, though, doing four four men worth of work, so I guess that's something. Yeah, it's, it's good, it's good when you have a guy like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, if, you, if you're going to podium or win the Tour de France, you have to have a whole team absolutely supporting you 100%. And even, even the days that Ben Art has won, he's – First priority was to help his leader, and then in the mm. end, one for himself and one. But his always his first priority was to to help Roglic. Um, whereas I think half Richie's team's first priority is not to help Richie; it's to help themselves. Run a so tenth. Shame to it's a shame to see that when you know like he he could have been even higher on the yeah higher on GC if he just had a bit more of a committed team. What are you doing today then? If you're absolutely super pinned, like, is it tempting to just do like 20 minutes on the ergo, or like, do you need to do? Well, tomorrow is going to be hell again. So, 
I can't just like cruise around for 20 minutes. I'm going to go on the ergo and do some efforts to like keep my body ticking over. Which I, I prefer if I could just stay in bed all day, to be honest. But I know if I do that, then I'll be regretting it big time tomorrow. So now I will go on the ergo for yeah half an hour, 40 minutes or something. Just do some efforts, keep the body ticking over, have a bit of a sweat, and then hopefully that's enough for tomorrow just again to go out and do four hours at 300 watts today <laughs> he was talking about going doing a climb because we're surrounded by mountains here and he was he was going to do a climb so yeah probably wild wild i think you needed the grand tour before this to be really going good so maybe we'll see him <laughs> Well, we might let you go hit the turbo. Thanks, fellas. Good to chat. Yeah, all the best, mate. Good luck. We look, we look forward to seeing you lighten up the shops, Elise. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. Just going to get through, I think, three hard stages and then... There could be actually a sprint finish before Champs-Élysées, stage 19. Stage 19, yeah. Could be. Anyway, mate, next next couple of days, just take uh, Brian Stevens' um, advice. Just find your groups. <laughs> That's the problem. I can't even make it into group one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can't. That's, yeah. It's a problem when you can't even find a group. <laughs> you're the last group on the road you're not finding yeah, any group back the last, there. You're the last person on the road and group pedo is still like five minutes in front of you then you have a problem uh, yeah. alright thanks mate all, right. all the best see you Caleb thanks guys catch up bye bye bye